Hey, this is Josh, and I picked this episode of SYSK Selects just because I thought it was a sweet one. Uh, and maybe a lot of you haven't listened to it yet. It was uh, based on an article written by our former colleague, Kristen Conger, lately of Stuff Mom Never Told You, and it has it all. It has quaint Japanese medical terms, suicide packs among long-married couples, and a listener mail about Australian national hero Ned Kelly. Plus, the whole idea of uh, dying from a broken heart is just lousy with sweetness. So, I hope you enjoy it. If you've heard it before, I hope you enjoy it again. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know. From HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. That's right. It's Throwback Wednesdays. Uh, it is. I did the cheeks today. Oh, yeah, you did. For the first time in a long time. Yeah, but that was for um, a take that was abandoned within 10 seconds. Yeah, so it doesn't count. Yeah, a rare aborted first take. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen. No. But you want to tell them why? Uh, <laughs> my brain had some sort of weird uh, frizzle, I guess, is the only way to put it. I was trying to do the intro, and we're doing this episode, Can You Die of a Broken Heart? And I realized wh- that Chuck had just been singing Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And I put two and two together as I was trying to do the intro and screwed it up so bad. It, we but just, I sung it like five minutes ago, so it's a little weird it hit you that late. <laughs> no. Like, why is Chuck singing Whitney Houston? Yep. Is that Whitney? I um, think so. I think it is. Okay. If not, we'll find out soon enough. Chuck. Yes. I've got a sad story for you. Sad, sweet, bittersweet. And um, you knew it complete. <laughs> what is that? The band? Billy Joel. Okay. Uh, it's Piano Man. Come on. Sad and sweet. I knew it complete. When I oh, I never realized that's what he was clothes. saying was I knew it complete. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I want to tell you about Dr. Daniel and uh, Kitty Goot of Milwaukee, either Goot or Gooty, G-U-T-E. Okay. Back in 2010, um, their daughter, I believe, came over and found um, her parents, who were in their 80s, um, in their garage Mm -hmm. with a bunch of helium tanks around them. Uh, with tubes coming from the helium tanks going to plastic bags that the goots had over their head. And they were dead. Helium tanks, huh? Helium. Instead of just a car. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and they had taken their own lives. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Goot um, was actually in really good health, but his wife had something called polymyalgia rheumatica, PHR, um, and she uh, was suffering from dementia. And the two had been um, together for 53 years. Wow. And they decided that they were going to end their lives together. They were spouses that they didn't want to be apart. One yeah. didn't want to live on without the other. So They felt they were close enough to the end, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, well, she was. And he was in good health, but he didn't want to live without her, apparently. So wow. they, they took their lives together. Um, and apparently this is something – this is articles from 2010 – and this, I don't want to call it a trend, but it's a, it's something that's become more prevalent in recent years. Yeah. Especially among the elderly. The suicide aspect of it? Yeah. yeah. Basically what you would call a suicide pact among elderly people who have been together for a long time, mm-hmm. where um, one is dying or one's health is taking a, a real turn. Yeah. And they decided to go together rather than one try to live on without the other. Wow. That's an example of... 
understanding exactly how a couple died together. Sure. There's another more mysterious way that couples die virtually together. Um, and it got a lot of press last year. And it's something called broken heart syndrome. Yeah. There's this, uh, this idea, this the very romantic idea. Sure. That, uh, if you really love somebody and they die, you're gonna die of a broken heart eventually afterwards. It's possible. Yeah. Biologically, medically speaking, it makes almost no sense right. whatsoever. Yeah. But there actually has been some, there's a, it's very new, this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some medical evidence to back up the idea that that might be real. Yeah. And we say broken heart in a figurative sense because we know that it, the heart is the organ that pumps blood. So it has nothing to do with love. But your brain has a lot to do with love. But. And the brain is tied to the whole rest of the body. Yes. And the heart, which the brain suffering mm-hmm. from a broken heart in the figurative sense. Yeah. Can injure the heart in the literal sense we'll find. Exactly. Okay. So hold on a minute there. I think uh, it's time for a message break. All right, so we are back. Where were we? Uh, There's a woman named Dorothy Lee in 2010, and the Wall Street Journal uh, did a story on her that uh, her husband of 40 years died in a car accident very suddenly, and she started getting chest pains. She thought she was having a heart attack, and it turns out that there is an actual condition. Very rarely does it actually lead to death. Yeah. I think 1% to 3% of the time. But there is a condition discovered in Japan called broken heart syndrome or, uh, you know, you want to go ahead since you're, uh, yeah, virtually half Japanese. <laughs> Takosubo cardiomyopathy. Yeah. And Takosubo is a, it's a type of pot used to catch octopi, which are called taco in, um, Japan. Yeah. So fried octopi, octopus balls are called takoyaki, which oh, really? are really delicious. And you will eat them all the time until you get your hands on ones from a vending machine that you shouldn't have eaten because uh. you've had enough takoyaki to last you a lifetime on this trip. And why'd you have to eat the ones <laughs> out of the vending machine? And now you can't even look at a takoyaki ball again. Yeah. Well, Japan has those crazy vending machines though with like all kinds of stuff in there, right? Mm-hmm. Including some bad takoyaki. <laughs> okay. Um, boy, that was a bonus pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Pronunciation plus. Takosubo cardiomyopathy. So that is broken heart syndrome, and that is actually a real thing that they identified among five patients in the 90s, early 90s. And they were looking at a, a, at a cluster of heart patients, mm-hmm. 400, 415 of them, of heart attack victims. And only five of these stood out in that they had no, basically no reason to have a heart attack. There were no blocked arteries. Right. There was nothing physical going on. They recovered pretty quickly. Way, way more quickly than everybody else. So, yeah, they looked around a little closer. They were like, why did these five people even have a heart attack? What, what happened? And Didn't what they found sense. was possibly that it was brought on by grief or stress. That's right. Their left ventricle specifically uh, in this condition ballooned. And that's why it resembled the uh, the what? The uh, Takosubo? Yeah. The octopus pot? I can say that. I just like you saying that. Um, it exerted pressure on the heart, and that you know basically explained away why people thought they were having a heart attack, even though they wasn't. It's not a heart attack at all. It's heart attack-like, though. Well, yeah. It's a, a faux heart attack. And it can kill you like a heart attack, 
but in a totally different way than like a blocked artery or something like that. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and this isn't, there, there's been evidence, uh, who wrote this? Was this Conger? Mm-hmm. From, uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You. Mm-hmm. Uh, she points out that there's long been, um, both anecdotal evidence and, and empirical studies where the quote, phenomenon, end quote, of people just dying within like weeks of their spouse or loved one dying. Right. Has taken place and it's, it, it holds water. There's this study, um, in, uh, I believe either Finland or Sweden. I wish I knew, man. Um, where they found, it was a 1996 study, I think, where they, they studied, um, I think, uh, 150 fin- Finland, 158,000 Finnish couples were uh-huh. studied and they wanted to find out what the mortality rate was after one couple died uh-huh. and they found that in the case of um sudden unexpected death say like in a car accident or something like that right both spouses of both sexes widows and widowers um had a 50% chance of dying within the first week after that event wow 50% so then they went through and they found that um uh, after that, if you're a man, you have a 30% chance of dying. Yeah. Um, I think within a year. And if you're a woman, you know, within six months. And if you're a woman, you have a 20% chance. But they found a direct correlation between the death of a spouse, the sudden death of one spouse, to the death of another. Yeah. An unexpected mortality, which is an unpredictable mortality. Like something you wouldn't expect. That's right. Uh, they did another study in Scotland and Israel. Which I thought was kind of interesting, but mm-hmm. I guess they wanted to. Well, they're, they're two separate ones, I think. Oh, they were? Mm-hmm. Okay. With the same design. I thought they just wanted to get a nice range. <laughs> right. You know, like throw a dart at a map. Yeah. Um, they studied thousands of couples in that one, and they found that the risk of death was uh, surges between 30 and 50% in the first six months mm-hmm. after a loved one passes, not necessarily from unexpected, but just period. Right. And uh, I guess after that six months, it drops down back to a normal range. Right. So just make it through that six months, and you, and you might be okay. Yeah. So they really looked at this like, okay, the, the fin the fins um, were trying to figure out what was behind this, and they found that there is a lot of physical explanation, like the the second spouse, the surviving spouse, um, was still in, was in pretty bad health, right? Himself or herself. Um, they can chalk it up to uh, economic conditions, okay, uh, where they aren't equipped. To keep going on, right? Um, sometimes it's chalked up to a lack of a support network, like they relied a lot on the other person, and now they don't have anyone, and they just die um, as a result. But there's still this one weird th- idea that just the loss, grief, mm-hmm. shock, heartache, if you will, can and has, if not killed a surviving spouse. At the very least, send him to the hospital with this um, takosubo cardio uh, myopathy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They've they've done um, well. Everyone knows the brain is going to react to stress by sending rushes of uh, catecholamines for the fight or flight reaction. We've talked about it dozens yeah. of times. That's the one that starts the cascade. Exactly, uh, and they but they've also done brain imaging uh, studies, and they have found that. Um, the, the pathways, the neuropathways during a heartache that are stimulated after you've been broken up with, after you've been dumped, mm-hmm. is are the same as when you pick up like something hot. 
and burn yourself. Yeah. So like a physical pain and an emotional pain are lighting up the very same neurological pathways. Yeah. I looked into the study. They had um, some healthy men and women put them in the wonder machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, all of the people in the study had been broken up within the last six months. Right. And so they they applied some sort of heat to their arm that was about the same as holding a hot cup of coffee without like a, a coffee clutch. Uh-huh. Um, is that what those are called? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, they, then they showed them pictures of their the person who had dumped them, <laughs> right? And asked them to go over some of their fonder memories with this person, and just basically like poked them. Were they just regular pictures, or like pictures of them making love to someone new? Uh, who knows what they did? It's a pretty mean study design, but yeah. they like needled these people with these these you know memories of their lost loves, and wow. they. Found that the same neural pathway lights up, which I'd like to see that study. Yeah, remember this guy? <laughs> yeah, and then they just start what's, what's bursting he doing? into tears. Yeah. yeah, who's he with now? He's like a he's like at a playground, like pushing his new girlfriend in a swing. <laughs> right, or something. Exactly. They're on a teeter totter. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, but it, the fact that the same neural pathways lit up doesn't mean that you know it doesn't prove anything necessarily, but it certainly it says something interesting. Sure. You know? Uh, so when they, um, back to the cataclomines, um, adrenaline and uh, noradrenaline are released in such a flood that it actually disables the, the muscles of the heart, the muscular cells, and slows the heart down, um, like physically slows it down to the point where you think you're having a heart attack. Yes. And it doesn't just have to be like heartbreak. I, th- I think that, was it New York Times that you sent me? Uh-huh. One lady, <laughs> they gave her a surprise party. And she thought she was having a heart attack. Yes, she ended up in the ER from this the, this concept of um, broken heart syndrome, Takasubo cardiomyopathy. Yeah. And I'm not saying it just to show off here. <laughs> You're, okay. The reason I'm saying it is because there is a real um, lack of agreement in the medical community yeah. whether Takasubo cardiomyopathy is broken heart syndrome. Right. That it is the result of grief or a broken heart or something like that. And it does make sense. They have found that, yes, adrenaline, a huge flood of adrenaline brought on by stress, whether it is the sudden loss of a loved one. Or a surprise party. A surprise party being robbed. Yeah. Um, like at gunpoint or something like that. Any sure. really stressful event could conceivably trigger this. Um but they're, they they don't know if like a if a broken heart is doing it or if it really actually exists and and there's still this is it's still very new and so there's it, a lack of yeah. consensus on it and the media obviously is going to play something like this up because like us yeah when you hear <laughs> a story about an old couple and one pass in fact I just read one last week I just remembered this I think that uh, Emily sent it to me this couple. It was that old story. One of them passed away, mm-hmm. and the other one died that was pretty healthy about a week later. Yeah. And they were married for just some ridiculous amount of time, like 60-something years. Yeah. The, Not that that's ridiculous bad, but... There's something to it. Yeah. I've had animals that that's happened to. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a kitten that died, and uh, the other one refused to eat basically and was just lethargic and died not too long after. I think you told me about that in the grief one, so the grief sad. episode. Yeah, and... We didn't like, now it, we're super into taking our animals to the vet, like at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. But back then growing up, it was like, I'm not going to disparage my parents, but it was more country style. Yeah. <laughs> like you get a cat and you bring them and you throw them in the yard. And treat mange with motor oil. <laughs> yeah, kind of, it was kind of <laughs> like that. We didn't go to a lot of vets. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of money for vets. Sure. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it could very well have been 
something treatable looking back. <laughs> Maybe. It's pretty but sad. At least you got a heck of a story out of it, right? Yeah, but I think at the very least it, it sped it up. I think I might have told you about our two dogs. One of them died of heartworms. That's, that's, yeah, that's what it And was. the other one died soon after. I remember dogs, not cats, but then I just assumed I was confused. No, it happened twice. And I told you in that grief episode about the story of the guy who died in the back of the, the car on the way to his wife's funeral. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like we were saying, Chuck, like there, there is a demonstrable effect of adrenaline on the heart, and they found there's this John Hopkins study of broken heart syndrome, um, and they found that the the patients in this study had two to three times the level of adrenaline in their system compared to people who were actually having heart attacks, like yeah, real heart attacks. That's substantial. And they had anywhere from 7 to 34 times the normal levels of wow. adrenaline in their system. Holy cow. With the ballooned left ventricle. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. Adrenaline definitely does affect the heart. Whether or not the sudden loss of a spouse can trigger that is what's up for debate. I think it can. Uh, I don't think they have to call it only broken heart syndrome. Why can't they call it sometimes broken heart syndrome? You know? I don't know. Why not? That's what I think. Uh, so there's another part to this story, um, which is, are women more susceptible to this than men? Supposedly. It's, it's pretty rare. It affects between 1% and 2% um, of people who uh, underwent diagnostic testing for their heart. I think this is the Johns Hopkins study. Is it? Yeah. Uh, but in 2007, they found that 80%, I'm sorry, 89% of the more than 6,000 reported cases uh, were females. Yes. And in 2011, the AMA, I'm sorry, the AHA, American Heart Association, said women over the age of 55 are about three times more likely to develop it than younger women. So, Takosubo cardiomyopathy is yes. what we're talking about. Like, a- this so is age a, and gender. This is a recognized, legitimate medical condition. Again, yes. what's up for debate is whether or not. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're not saying yeah, like yeah. The, the American Heart Association saying like, oh yeah, the, there's all these cases of broken heart syndrome. Well, that's that's what Conger. The point she makes is that while you might think like, oh, women can't handle stress as much. It's not necessarily true. Um, no, no. The, those numbers are true, and it is like, why do women tend to develop Takosubo oh, cardiomyopathy? But more not than necessarily men? more emotionally drained. Because of broken heart. Yeah, because they found out that widowers are more likely to die a, uh, than a widow after their spouse yeah. has recently died. 10% more likely, remember? Yeah, so it turns out on its head. Yes. So it's, it, it could be, it could have something to do with, um, because older women are more likely to develop it than younger women. So it could have to do with, uh, postmenopausal levels of hormones. Right. Um, women might handle stress differently than men or their hearts are more susceptible to interruption from adrenaline. Right. Who knows? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's because a woman can't take a bereavement is I think what Conger's saying. Right. Very sweet stories, though. It's like the yeah. Titanic, uh, the Titanic couple that laid down together in the movie, and just died in the bed together while the water. Oh yeah, came. apparently that's true. Were those the Astors? I don't know, but apparently it happened um, on deck. Um, there was a real couple who just like they were last seen like just sitting in the deck chairs together, holding hands, like the Goots, like the Goots. Very well, sweet stuff. It is very sweet. Sweet and sad. Bittersweet, I think they call that. Yeah. Um, you knew it complete. <laughs>
Uh, if you want to learn more about broken heart syndrome, a.k.a. Takosubo cardiomyopathy, I defy you to type that word into the search <laughs> bar at HowStuffWorks.com. If you can, it will bring up this great article. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. Uh, remember when we did that podcast on Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier? Mm-hmm. And we asked for people who have their version of that in their own country? Yeah. We heard from a lot of people. And we're going to highlight Australia. Okay. Because we like those people. Uh, and they even lead off with a good day, Josh and Chuckers. <laughs> they, they know Proof. to give us what we want. <laughs> Proof that they're Australian. All right. Um, just wanted to share with you guys uh, some information about Australia's national hero, Ned Kelly. Uh, yeah. Following the great Davy Crockett podcast, uh, perhaps this stems from our convict heritage, but our national hero was a notorious criminal. Woo! A bush ranger <laughs> is what they call them. A bush ranger? Is that another word for a bandit, you think? Uh, she said it's a term for a runaway convict um, come horse thief highwayman. That's a bandit. Exactly. Uh, I want to be a highwayman. Do you? Like uh, Willie Nelson? Yeah, that was a great group. Willie Nelson. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson and Randy Newman, right? No, who was the fourth? Randy Newman. <laughs> no. Come on, that was way funny. No, it's funny. I'm sorry, but I was so fixated on who the fourth highwayman was. Or was it just Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash. Don't look it I'm up. I'm not going to look it up. Willie Nelson and uh, Roy say- Orbison. No, no, he's in Traveling Wilbury. Yeah, and Jeff Lynn is the forgotten Wilbury. Um, even though he's a genius. Man, ELO is great. Yeah, I'm just a, now starting to realize how good I ELO is. I saw a really good documentary on him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's it's you can't watch it and not go, oh, this guy is a genius. Chris, How did you get Chris Christopherson? If if you remember Chris Christopherson, like the one fourth one has to be like mind-boggling. Oh, it was uh, Waylon Jennings. Oh, boom. Waktosh. That's what they call him. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Walk Tosh Whalen Jennings. Really? Sure. His son is awesome too, by the way. Yeah. Shooter. Yeah. All right. That was a nice little sidebar. <laughs> He's married to. Uh, <laughs> did you watch The Sopranos? Uh, I uh, yeah. Dre DeMatteo. The daughter. Cri- Christopher's no. Christopher's girlfriend. No, I didn't watch it like that much. Uh, yeah. She's married to Shooter Jennings. Okay. Where were we? Highwaymen. Okay. Ned Kelly. After an incident back in the late 1870s, uh, Ned Kelly killed 13, I'm sorry, three policemen. He barricaded himself in his house and made a suit of armor. In fact, <laughs> Out of cardboard. Well, sort of. In fact, it was so shoddy that it looked more like a trash can turned upside down on his head. Uh, in the final standoff at Glen Rowan, which is a town of Victoria, the police shot at him many times, leaving him very bruised inside of his tin can. However, he actually survived the siege, uh, only to be caught and hanged in 1880. His final documented words being, such is life. Uh, while I'm sure we Australians have a few other notable, honest heroes, Ned Kelly remains the most identifiable, uh, identifiable symbol for the underclass rising up against an oppressive British governance, despite his criminality. Uh, perhaps one day you can do a Ned Kelly show in his tin can armor. Uh, share the riveting, pun intended, story with the rest of your listeners. With kind disregards, Michelle. Thanks. And there have been a bunch of movies on Ned Kelly. Especially Ned Kelly, the uh, movie. With Heath Ledger. And then there was, oh, was he in that? Yeah, he was Ned Kelly. Really? And Orlando Bloom paid his little sidekick, I think. Huh. Oh, but that was pretty good. I didn't see it. There were a couple of top-notch actors. Sure. And uh, Mick Jagger played him in a 1973 movie. Did he really? Yeah. 
Weird. Not a top-notch actor. I can imagine. <laughs> and apparently there's been like eight or nine other like Australian-only movies about him. So sure. he's right up there with uh, Crocodile Dundee, I think. <laughs> That's their national hero from what I understand. That's a knife. Right. Yeah. That guy knew what he was doing. He sure understood enough. life. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Paul Hogan. Yeah. No, Crocodile Dundee. Paul Hogan. He's still around, right? Sure. Remember his uh, the one where he played an angel with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Angels in the Outfield? No. No. That's Gary Coleman. Highway to Heaven? No, that's Michael Landon. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called either, but he, he played this like Australian a, Angel? He played like a B&E guardian angel, like like just a thief who died and was sent back to be to be a guardian angel. For to some, Cuba Gooding Jr.? I believe it was him. Interesting. Show me the money. Well, let's, let's end this, shall we? We can keep going. I know. I'll do this all day. (laughs) People are like, wow, a podcast three hours long on Broken Heart? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It all begins with Ned Kelly. Uh, If you want to tell us about anything you like. Yeah. How about like a nice sweet story about either pets or people passing together? That's a good one. Hand in hand or paw in paw. Yeah. Um, If you want to do that. We want to hear it. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. And you can join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Stuff Works.com.